Welcome to the Why How Yes podcast. This is episode 25, but it's also part two of our management section of the podcast. And today I'm going to be going over hiring the right salespeople. The Why, How, Yes sales podcast is sponsored in part by Jared James Coaching for Real Estate Agents. If you're a real estate agent listening to this podcast, you probably understand how to sell. You know when you are across a dining room table from a potential customer, that listing is probably going to come your way. The issue is how do you structure your business in order to get to that that dining room table more often. As a former top agent himself, Jared James has the tools to help you create the business that you want to own. They will help you put the systems in place where you can spend more time doing what really matters, which is creating sales. Go to jaredjamestoday.com and set up a time to have a consultation. And from there, they will be able to guide you towards running a business rather than just running around. Hey, salespeople, welcome to the Why, How, Yes sales podcast, where I help you get to the yes the right way. My name is Red Staffstrom, and I am here to help you fix your broken sales skills. Now, um, last week, I talked about recruiting uh, in terms of how do you want to team build, how you want to start building your organization, um, how you want to hire people, and that was step one of four. Um, And this is going to be the second podcast on the topics um, of team building. So I see building a team as four steps. It's recruiting, hiring, training, and coaching. So last, the last episode, I talked about recruiting as if it's your lead gen. It's about attracting the right people who could potentially be your employees, the same way your marketing is set to attract the people who could be your customers, um, and detracting the people who wouldn't be the right employees for you. Um, the same that's what recruiting is it's all about marketing it's about having that unique value perspective and doing that lead gen um, so that you can get names phone numbers and email addresses granted they're going to be attached to resumes with work history but they're still going to be leads who are interested in possibly working for you. Now I want to go into the hiring process. Now this is where you're actually converting the leads into customers, or in this case, converting the resumes into employees. This has got to be a very diligent process for you. You have to think this through. You need to have a strategy when you go to hire people, and it can't just be, we're going to find the best person, and I'm going to go by a gut feeling. Um, That's how most salespeople fail is by not having a process to know how warm a lead is by just going by their gut. Can you do it? Yes. Is it going to be the best way? Not at all. Um, By having stages and things that you could quantify, you could figure out who you're hiring a little bit better. Now, when you get your leads, um, namely your resumes, You're going to look for a lot of things. I'm going to avoid the obvious. Um, If you could get people with a lot of work in similar fields, who have won awards, who've been recognized, who've been doing this, doing that, we all know that stuff, that's just common sense. I want to talk about this from a sales aspect and what you want to do that's going to separate you from somebody else. Namely, you're not going to be looking 
just by the numbers, you're going to be looking at the emotions. The same way you're looking for the emotions of your customer, you need to understand the emotions and the emotional well-being of your potential employee. So what do you want to look for when you're hiring somebody? Um, you're not always going to be hiring people with experience for sales jobs. Sometimes it's going to be an entry-level sales job that you want to recruit people in. Um, I know many real estate agents who only recruit new agents. They feel much more comfortable training somebody from zero to 100 rather than trying to take somebody from 70, breaking them of their bad habits, and then bringing them up to 100 because that breaking of bad habits is extremely difficult. Even if they're doing most of the things right, getting them to change those things that they're doing wrong tends to be a much more uphill struggle uh, with veterans than it is for teaching new salespeople. Um, truth be told, either one is successful. As long as you understand the problems, uh, you get to choose your own headache. Do you wanna go after new salespeople? Do you wanna go after veterans? You could be uh, run a great organization with both or either, whichever way you wanna go. But when you have them in your office or in your conference room and you're doing an interview, what should you be looking for? What are the signs of somebody who's going to be a great employee and how do you nail them down in the process. Um, my favorite book and this topic is The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. Uh, and in that book, he tells a parable of a construction company and how they're looking to build more teamwork and figure out who's the right fit for the company. And some people need to go and some people need to be hired and all of those things. They were dealing with a whole lot of problems where they had to hire a bunch of people all at once. Um, and how do we do this the right way without a alienating the rest of our team. In that book, Patrick Lencioni narrows it down to three characteristics. And those characteristics for the ideal team player are humble, hungry, and smart. Um, and let me go through each of those very quickly before I go into how do you pull them out and notice them in a job interview. Humble is being willing to own up to your own mistakes, uh, being willing to take criticism and advice and be able to move forward, to be able to grow from things not going the right way. Um, people who are not overly cocky, overly arrogant, um, those people tend to be toxic. But you wanna make sure that the people you hire are humble to the point where they can admit fault, um, especially to other people in their team and work to fix the problem. If you don't have that, you have a toxic work environment and it just makes your job harder going forward and it makes everybody around you miserable. Make sure you're hiring humble people. The next one is hungry. In sales, that's pretty obvious. People need to be hungry. People need to strive for more. They need to have goals that they want to accomplish. It, they have to have numbers they want to hit, things they want to do. Um, even if it's, hey, Disneyland's expensive and I want to take my kids there. They have to be hungry for more. They, they, don't, they can't be that person who you feel like would fall into a rut. 
And the third characteristic is smart. Now, many of you guys are, read, are reading this one the wrong way. And when you first hear it, and when I first heard it, I did the same thing. I don't mean actual intelligence. I mean emotional intelligence. Um, let me put it this way. I knew somebody who was very competent at his job. Uh, he worked at the factory where my mother worked. Um, he was a the head of accounting, knew spreadsheets, knew numbers, knew how to move money around, knew all of those things that you need an accountant to be very good at, all the tax ramifications, all the payroll, all of, he was extremely competent in that. But he rubbed everybody in his department, including my mother, the wrong way. Given Harvey Weinstein, I should probably rephrase that, but, he had a very abrasive, very cocky personality. He was not good at reading people. He did not understand the emotions of others. Um, he would kind of stomp on toes wherever he went. And the team that he had, which had been very successful for well over a decade, um, wound up leaving when he came in. Um, and... Part of the reason is because he did not know how to work with people who didn't just bow and scrape and listen to everything he said blind. He was smart, but he didn't have the emotional intelligence to be a good team player, and he sabotaged that factory because of it. So he wasn't a good team player. So he is not the kind of person that you want to hire because while he can do the job you're looking for, and many people can, lots of people can do sales, that doesn't mean they, that's somebody you want part of your organization. Now, why am I talking about all this soft and foo-foo and emotion stuff? Um, it goes back to what I was talking about last time on recruiting. If you protect your culture and you build the culture the right way by adding the right people, you're going to have basically a lead generation tool. Your company, once you get to a point where you need to make the hire after this one, provided every hire before goes the right way and you build a culture um, that's sustainable and that it's friendly and amicable and everybody enjoys working there. Um, if you did that, it's going to be so much easier for you to lead gen and recruit down the line. The same way you take care of your customers so they speak highly of you and they refer some of their colleagues or former coworkers or even some of their competitors to you. Uh, that's what you need to do. So you need to be very careful about your culture. And like I said last week, it's not just a ping pong table and beanbag uh, chairs. You need to do more. And hiring is a major, major part of that. You need to guard uh, like Cerberus at the gates of hell, the people who you are letting being involved in your business. Now, these criteria, the humble, hungry, smart, are a great way to do that. Those are three character traits that you can narrow down and focus on in an interview, and you can build an entire corporate culture around those three things. You need to make sure that you have people who have those three traits in spades. So how do you start digging for them? When you have somebody across your desk and they're interviewing, what do you say in order to get them to 
be an employee and get them not only to buy what you're selling, which is a job, but to stay there for a number of years. Um, not a lot of people think of this. One of the most expensive parts of a business is hiring and retraining people because of how much time, energy, and money is put into it. If you could find the right hire the first time, you're going to be much better off and it's going to save you a lot more money in the long run. So let's go into how to look for each of these. So let's start with humility or being humble. I like to ask people about the biggest mistake they've ever made in their professional lives. Now, when you ask this question, you're going to probably get an interview answer, which is needless to say, a political answer that doesn't really dive to the heart of what you're looking for. Um, you're going to get that, okay, so what's the biggest mistake of your life? Oh, well, um, I missed an email one time and it made the customer mad, but then I responded by going there in person and straightening everything out. So everything is sunny and wonderful. That's not what I asked. I want to know what your biggest mistake is. Now, this is the time for you as a manager to start the relationship the right way and start focusing on honesty in both directions, not just from them up to you, but you need to show that you're willing to be honest and vulnerable to them as well. So at this point, it's when you show your vulnerability and say what your biggest mistake in your professional life was. I'll start by telling you mine. I worked in security sets for too long. I didn't believe in the product. Um, I was putting in way too much effort based on what I was getting. Um, it wound up being a deteriorate, like deteriorating my mental health considerably. Um, by the end of the job, I was having panic attacks. Um, I was miserable because I was selling a product I didn't believe in and therefore I wasn't selling as well as I should have. And onward and onward, it just became a downward spiral. That is the biggest mistake that I've ever made. And I'm willing to admit that, yeah, I had panic attacks. I was sitting in a parking lot of a factory, um, actually the same factory I mentioned before, having a panic attack and feeling like the, like by my neck, my pulse and my heart rate go up to 200 um, and being short of breath and going absolutely nuts. That was a low point for me. That was when I reevaluated a lot of the things in my life and changed quite a bit. And I stopped selling products I didn't believe in. Um, if you listen to the episode about the widget, you know more about what I'm talking about. Now, the reason I'm telling you this in this story is because I need to be vulnerable to you the same way you need to be vulnerable to your potential new hire. If you are not willing to admit that mistake to your new hire, you are not going to like engender that same level of humility in them. You need to make sure that you are willing to admit when you're wrong in order to build trust and a solid working relationship. Uh, if you don't, you're starting from like you're starting from behind to begin with. By asking them what is the biggest mistake you've ever made, and holding them to a real answer, even if you have to say, you know what. What I want you to do is stay here for five minutes and think. I'm going to be back in a few minutes and if you can, and just think it through. Now, again, if you're doing new people, um, one of two things may happen. They may not have a story. They may not have a major professional screw up uh, the way that you, like the way I just said or the way you have. 
they may say, okay, I don't have this, but let me tell you something that happened when I was in school, or let me tell you something that happened in my personal life. Um, but the key is, and you have to be emphatic about this, is what you're looking for is honesty. You are looking for humility. You are looking for people who are willing to own up to their mistakes because you don't expect them to be perfect. That level of clarity and honesty and having it go in both directions is going to create the relationship the right way to begin with. Now, the next one is hunger. Now, everybody can find hunger. Everybody knows somebody who wants more, wants more, wants more. And sometimes that's great. Um, it's something you absolutely want to engender in your salespeople. But I want you to think about goal setting. Uh, there's been lots of talk about goal setting, and we all know that exterior goals are more motivational than interior goals. Namely, I don't... I may want a Lamborghini Murcielago, but I won't really be motivated by that the same way as buying my dad a TR6 because that's the car that he had when he was growing up and that was his first car and he loves it and he misses that little British convertible. That goal and asking about goals that they have that have nothing to do with themselves is where you're going to find the right person. Asking them about what they want to accomplish outside of, yeah, I want to make more money. Yeah, I want to go to Belize and I want to travel the world and all that. Avoid the people who have selfish goals and ask for people who have goals that are focused on others. Um, Whatever it is, I want to be able to donate blank. I want to be able to buy my mother blank. I want to be able to um, get my kids into co like pay for my kids college. I want to be able to take my wife on the honeymoon that we never got to do. By finding out that they have goals outside of themselves, and sure, in the short term, internal motivations work. But exterior motivations are much more sticky. Uh, they force people to be much more um, active, much more proactive in terms of accomplishing them. That's the kind of hunger that you want to nourish. Not just, hey, I made an extra 300 bucks on my commissions this month. Yippee! That's short term. Money is not a motivator. Money is a means to an end. It's a great way to keep score, but having a handful of paper with a dead president's face on it doesn't actually give me anything. What it can do is be a middleman for that TR6 that I want to get for my dad. So make sure that when you're asking people about their motivations and their goals, try to keep people and be more impressed when people's goals are exterior as opposed to interior. Um, those are the people who make the best team players. Now, the last one I want to talk about is the emotional intelligence or the smart. So humble, hungry, smart, and now we talk about the emotional intelligence. Um, Obviously, arrogant people have a tougher time with that. Lazy people have a tougher time with uh, emotional intelligence. But what you want is somebody who can play well with others, who can recognize emotions, who can understand when they're rubbing people the wrong way and want to avoid it because they think longer term as opposed to, well, this is what I really want to do right now. Um, 
ask about sacrifices that they've made in order to help team members. If you do that, you'll find the people who think about others as opposed to themselves. And when you combine that with the hunger, the goals and the exterior goals, you'll find people who care about the emotional well-being of others as opposed to their own hierarchy of needs. And those are going to be the best team players for you anyway. Now, if you're recruiting and hiring salespeople, odds are you're going to find some lone wolves out there. They can be great in the short term. Without bringing them into the fold and building a community and building an office culture, you're not going to keep those lone wolves for long. You need to get them to be part of the pack in your office and make them feel comfortable around everybody with you. Um, or you're just going to have a lot of turnover. Turnover is not unheard of. It's not the end of the world. You're going to lose people. You're going to hire new ones. It's the way things happen in business. But the less you can do that, the less often that occurs, the better off you're going to be. So when you go and you actually take those leads or those resumes that you recruited, now it's your time to actually like put them through that funnel of hungry, hungry, uh, humble, hungry, smart. I recommend putting them through that sieve before you even look at their real experience in some cases. Um, if you have two people, one has great experience, the other one has low experience but is humble, hungry, and smart, I take the humble, hungry, and smart one. Those are the people who will t you can teach, those are the people you can bring along that will grow with your organization. If you can find somebody with those characteristics, that can do the jobs. They don't even necessarily have to be able to excel at the job right away. But if you find the people that you trust and have the right character, I promise you they, they will surprise you to the upside. Um, so once again, this has been episode 25 of the Why, How, Yes sales podcast and part two of the team building, hiring, um, managing mini series, I guess I'll call it. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If there, if you guys can put a like, um, subscribe, be sure to review the podcast. It really helps the channel out. Um, and I look forward to speaking with you guys next time where I will continue to help you fix your broken sales skills. The Why How Yes Sales Podcast is also sponsored by the Jarja Media CRM. Only 12% of all real estate leads are reached out to more than three times. This means that almost 90% of all agents are throwing away thousands of dollars worth of lead generation marketing every year simply by not keeping in touch with the prospects that they already paid for. With drip campaigns that are written by one of the nation's top coaching companies, you'll be able to automate keeping potential clients in front of you for well over a year. The Jarja Media CRM will make sure that you are not leaving any meat on the bone and that the leads you are already paying for are actually turning into customers. Schedule a demo online at jarjamedia.com slash CRM.